welcome to the Checkered to Green podcast with your hosts, David Maudie and Elliot Tardiff. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever, wherever you're listening to this, this is from Checker to Green, the podcast, all about racing as told by three lifelong racing fans, and from time to time, talking about the business aspects of racing, the green it takes to take the green. Welcome, everybody, to episode 16, part one. I'm David Maudie, alongside my colleagues, Elliot Tardiff and Ryan Kolpak. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing all right, sir. Can't really complain. Nobody wants to hear it anyway. <laughs> doing fantastic. Um, I'm actually um, uh, checking in from on the road this evening. Um, safely, of course, hands-free. Um, uh, heading, down to, uh, heading down to the beautiful North Carolina coast for Mother's Day weekend with my wife and my in-laws. So it's going to be a lot of fun and our son. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Nice. nice. Things are going well up here in Syracuse. Getting ready for the weekend. Got to go to the meat market tomorrow and get some good London broil steaks for grilling on Mother's Day weekend. That's what my wife wants for dinner and, and you know, the kids excited for Mother's Day to give her her present. Yeah, things are going well here. And Ryan, I think you and I got something coming up that we're looking forward to in November, huh? I think we might be just a little bit. And not to string along to people listening, we're going to be going to see Genesis in concert. Uh, to see a concert again, it does the heart good, sir. Oh, yes, indeed. And I jumped on that pre-sale quicker than John Force on the quarter mile. And for that, we appreciate you. RT right there. Yeah. So, gentlemen, we've got some good racing that has happened. We've got, you know, it's the month of May. Good racing coming up. But let's jump into the checkered segment and recap some cup racing. We had three races at Richmond, Talladega, and Kansas. And start and so far out of 11 races this year, we've had 10 different winners. But at Richmond, it was Alex Bowman winning it late, getting his first win of the season. Brad Keselowski took a, a win at an exciting race at Talladega. And Kyle Busch, collected his first win of the year and broke a record for winning, um, you know, I believe it's, I think he's at 17 or 18 straight seasons with the win. So 17, at, 17 yep. So yep. I, I believe he broke a record or he's tied with Richard Pay on that. Elliot, why don't you tell us a little about those races? Well, uh, starting with Kansas, we got to remember at one point in time, Kyle Busch hated Kansas. He couldn't stand that place. He never finished well there. And, uh, you know, in fact, you look at some of the, some of the worst wrecks in his career, uh, case in point, him and Joey Logano, I believe in 13, um, happened right there at Kansas. But here lately, he's, 
he's turned over a new leaf with that place and he's done some really amazing things there. Um, he had a, a fast car uh, this past weekend and not only on the cup side, but also in his truck on the truck side as well. Um, taking a fast truck, overcoming some late restarts and winning at Kansas as well. So um, he, he had a very good weekend overall. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a hectic finish there towards the end. Uh, a lot of controversy. Um, there was a, a tire that rolled out onto uh, the other side of pit road. They delayed uh, throwing the caution uh, until the pit cycle was complete. Uh, but the controversy was that they didn't say anything about it to anybody. Um, so it left some teams, uh, like the 17 team with Chris Busher, in a little bit of a lurch um, because they were trying to play the long game uh, and hoping a caution would come out, as happens um, on uh, late pit cycles from time to time. So uh, that was a matter of controversy. Kyle Larson had a fast car, so did Ryan Blaney, but um, their fast cars and their promising runs were undone by contact late, uh, which relegated them to finish as deep in the field. Um, as for Talladega, uh, it was standard Talladega fare, uh, lots of uh, close racing, uh, big packs, big wrecks, Joey Logano going on his lid, um, walking away, thankfully, um, and uh, having some things to say about the car and, uh, and the safety of it. And since then, NASCAR has done, is doing some investigating to see uh, what all uh, can be done to improve the cars. Um, but at the finish, Matt DiBenedetto uh, had, had the lead for the 21 car. The Wood Brothers um, just happened to pick the wrong lane uh, coming down to the end. He, uh, he tried to block the top lane, and that left the bottom wide open for Keselowski um, to, uh, to sneak through. And the top lane completely fizzled for DiBenedetto. He faded to finish sixth, I believe. Uh, but uh, Keselowski held on as he has done at Talladega a few times before and brought home the dub. Um, and then at Richmond, uh, yep, it was Alex Bowman that had a fast car, uh, especially late, and used that as a pit strategy with uh, Greg Ives, his crew chief, uh, to come up front, stay there, and take home the win. Uh, the first win for the 48 car, I believe, since 2017. So a big moment. For, um, for Hendrick Motorsports, um, now having, um, at the very least, I think they got uh, Chase Elliott a win. They got Kyle Larson a win. Um, it, it, it's Larson, Larson, Bowman, and Byron. Oh, it's Larson, Bowman, and Byron. Thank you. But, but if uh, Chase wins at Darlington this weekend, all four of them are in the playoffs. Well, they're in the conversation for the playoffs, at least. Uh, mm -hmm. This this year, and we've talked about it before, um, is so wide open uh, with, you know, dominant cars not really bringing themselves to the fore that you can have more than 16 drivers with a win and thus be eligible for the playoff. So not only is it the number of wins, but also potentially um, how well you're, uh, how consistent you're doing if you have just that one win. So that's going to be a big question mark for sure most certainly and it, it, it's definitely i mean 
so far we've had 10 winners. I mean, that that's more than half of the, the playoff field filled up. So it, it, I mean, the, the way it is, you know, could we get to 16 winners? We might. Um, I mean, we say that every year and we don't, but um, it, it's definitely going to be very interesting this year. Um, Taylor Dega, my quick thoughts off of that is I've got to say that I think they need to end stage racing at these super speedways. This is what's causing these wrecks. We've seen it over and over and over these big wrecks to get points. Um, you, you don't need the stage racing at, at these super speedways. If it's getting too dangerous. Yeah. I agree. Um, Dale Jr. Mentioned something about the spoilers. Yeah. You don't need that big of a spoiler either. Um, you could um, do some other things to reduce the horsepower on those cars, but they need to end stage racing at, at these super speedways. You're, you're wrecking too many cars for a measly point at least. So yeah, um, my thoughts on that, but Ryan, your takeaways from the, the past three races I think the past three races have highlighted that one of the big things contributing to the wins this year has been timing. Like all three winners over the last three races, like they weren't the ones like way up in front, just leading the pack for an extended period of time. No, they were strategic. They picked their spots and they positioned themselves just right. So when the timing was right, they struck and they got themselves the wins. I think the uh, case in point for that would be Brad Keselowski at Talladega. Like, well, he was positioned perfectly, and he saw his moment when the line opened up, moved into that. That was the only lap that he led. But for the win, that was the only leading lap that mattered. Yeah, that's true. Um, quick update on the playoff standings. I mean, the 10 drivers locked in is Truex, Byron, Logano, Blaney, Kozlowski, Larson, Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, Alex Bowman. And then you've got an 11th, Dang Hamlin, Chase Elliott is 12th, Kevin Harvick is 13th, Austin Dillon 14th, Chris Buescher is 15th, and 16th would be Matt DiBenedetto with the, the playoff field right now. So D Benadell has worked his way back into it, the equation if, um, with stringing some good races after the horrendous start that team has had this year. So guys, a lot of good racing, a lot of good racing still to come. One quick question before we hop to a break here. Um, do you think that you're going to hit 16 race winners before the playoffs honestly this is one of those seasons where i really think we will like so far into the like we're not terribly far into the season yet and we already have what are 10 or 11 winners now you got 10 yeah that we only need six more across the rest of the season i don't think that's out of the question not by a long shot i see it happening what do you think yeah i agree completely uh, um, you know, especially considering a fair number of uh, some of the big names that have yet to, uh, to break through. We talked about Chase Elliott before. Uh, 
you know, the Benedetto's kind of knocking on the door. Um, he's kind of in a make or break here. Um, I think, uh, well, uh, let's see. I think Logano's got one. Uh, Blaney's got one. Who else? Who else? Has Hamlin won this year? No, Hamlin has not won yet. Okay, so we got him. Um, And uh, let's see. Um, Reddick has been promising. Mm -hmm. And then Austin Dillon, he's usually good for, um, you know, about one win a year himself. And uh, Childress has not been bad this year. So, um, So you've got, I mean, just there about four or five drivers um, threatening to win. So, um, you know, and some that we're kind of expecting to win. So I think just with that, and then, um, oh, what about this, Kevin Harvick? Yeah, Harvick hasn't won yet either. Yep. And so, yeah, Stuart Oz, they're kind of having an off year this year. Um, And, I mean, the, the, the 10, the 41, the 14, they're, they're struggling. I think they're open more for uh, just to get some, some top 10 strung together before they even start talking about race wins. But, um, yeah, that four car, I mean, he's been in contention. He almost uh, snookered them all at Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, taking some tires late and then taking advantage of uh, the numerous late race restarts to um, threaten for the win at the end. He finished second. So, um, yeah. So right there, I mean, you talk about uh, Hamlin, Harvick, Austin Dillon, uh, maybe Reddick, maybe DiBenedetto, um, you know, and then, you know, maybe another one of these, uh, you know, especially go to another plate track um, or a road course, somebody hits the, um, the right strategy at the right time. You know, maybe somebody like a Suarez or, um, you know, even a... a you know, maybe a, a, a Bubba Wallace type, you know, a, a, uh, or Stenhouse. Uh, Stenhouse has been fast on, on uh, plate tracks too. So, um, and as we go along, it's, you know, becoming more and more obvious. You will need to win to at least have a, a, a chance at the playoffs this year. So with somebody like a Stenhouse at a plate track, watch out it's going to be a lot of excitement there um, and a little bit of desperation on the part of the drivers. So um, definitely. Yeah. It'll definitely be interesting this year. See, you know, how it's going to happen. I think it it definitely will. And um, it's, you know, looking at the upcoming races. Yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be, it's going to be very interesting this year to see them, you know, hit that and you know it it may be hey you know i'd man out with one win so we'll see i mean you do that before the playoffs and it's literally you know you got a 17th winner and it's going to be survival to see who's going to be the odd man out so well with that said we've got a Bring the car in, tune it up, prepare it for the upcoming race week. Our producer, Ryan's actually going to have a, a um, little spiel for us, talking about where you can find us on social media 
and how you can listen to this podcast. This is From Checker to Green. We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Are you enjoying what you're listening to? Join the conversation. Look us up on Facebook at From Checker to Green Podcast. And you can also find us on Twitter. Is there a particular segment you enjoy? Let us know. A topic you'd like us to discuss. Tell us about it. We might be able to work it into the show. And if you're enjoying the episode you're listening to now, listen to the rest of our work. Go to podcasts.com and look for From Checker to Green Podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts as well. Mike, we appreciate you listening, and we hope to hear from you soon. And now, back to From Checker to Green Podcast. Welcome back, race fans, and we are got a good spotlight segment tonight, this past week. Or last week, they announced the all-star format. For the Cup Series, we all know that they're not at Tech, they're they're not at Charlotte this year. They have, after they moved it to Bristol last year from Charlotte, this year is at the Texas Motor Speedway. It is going to be a shootout essentially, gentlemen. Let's talk about the format because I was a I was reading this and I was like, huh? So. Here's the format, and this was on racer.com. So this is the format they released. The race is going to feature six rounds, totaling 100 laps. Starting lineup for round one will be determined by via random draw. Rounds one through four are 15 laps. Round five, 30 laps. Final round, 10 lap shootout. At the beginning of round two, The field will be inverse via random draw, minimum of eight, maximum of 12. Round two, random draw will also actually, it's going to be live on FS1. It'll also be showing the random draw on big costs, at giant screen and um, the backstretch. And then before starting round three, the field will be inverted. At the beginning of round four, the field will be inverted via random draw, minimum eight, maximum 12. Starting positions for round five will consist of cumulative finish from rounds one through four. The lowest cumulative finisher starts on the pole, second lowest starts second, and so on. Almost like an inversion with a little twist here. All cars must iron pit road for mandatory four-tire pit stops during round five. Starting positions in the final round are set up by finishing positions in round five. Only green flag laps will count. Fastest team on pit road during the mandatory pit stop gets 100 uh, grand. Race winner gets a cool $1 million. And then a note on the technical aspect. All elements of the car remain in the same except for the tapered spacer, which will be 57 64ths of an inch. And the drivers who have clinched, um, drivers eligible are, include drivers who won a points event from either 2020 or 2021, 
Drivers who won a NASCAR All-Star race and compete full-time. Drivers who won a NASCAR Cup Series championship and compete full-time. Right now, the All-Star race spots are Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, Kirk Busch, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Cole Custer, Austin Dillon, Chase Elliott, Dan Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, Joey Legal, Michael McDowell, Ryan Newman, and Martin Truex Jr. All-Star Race begins on June 13th at 5 p.m. on FS1. And the Open airs at 6 p.m. With the All-Star Race beginning at 8 p.m., you can watch it on FS1, listen to it on Motor Racing Network, your affiliate uh, local racing station that carries MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. Um, gentlemen, that was a lot to say. Somebody tell me what you think. <laughs> well, there's some good and there's some bad of this format. And the bad is uh, for what you just said, how, how big of a mouthful it is to describe what it is they're trying to do in this race. Uh, you know, I've, I'm, I've got a master's degree. I've got four years of calculus plus graduate level mathematics. And the, the format and the mechanics of it were difficult even for me to figure out. So how they're going to make this work uh, track site, I'll have no idea. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a, a confusing format, I think, for, uh, you know, for just about everybody, I think. I was listening to uh, the Door Bumper Clear podcast uh, for this week uh, today, and uh, they, they had kind of the same thoughts as well on that, uh, just, you know, how uh, intricate um, and complex this format is. And I'm reminded of a couple of years ago when Brad Keselowski came up with a uh, an all-star format that they incorporated. Um, and it, it had a lot of complexity like this uh, and some bad uh, turns of circumstance turned the thing into, you know, kind of a disaster, quite frankly. So um, I don't know how, how that's going to work this time. Uh, the other thing is they're going, they're producing the horsepower even more. And I question how well that's going to work uh, at a track like Texas. And the reason being is because if you're running at 510 horsepower, I think it is, um, then you're going to, and it's, it's probably going to, I think the, the race is going to be at night. Am I right, Dave? Yeah, it's at night. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to be wide open through three and four. The only time you're going to be off the throttle is in one and two. That's it. So how that's going to work um, is kind of beyond me. Um, but, you know, as we've seen from some of these other high downforce, low, low horsepower, um, mile and a half races, they're not exactly, you know, good quality races. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of passing and clean air is king. And I think that's going to end up being the case here. So, you know, while there are some good things to the format, I love the idea of having, you know, kind of a pit road competition in the middle of the race. 
I think that's a great idea. And that's something that's kind of been long neglected, I think, is, is um, you know, bringing, well, actually, no, because they, they were doing the, uh, uh, the live pit road competition in Charlotte there uh, up until recently, at the very least, I think. Uh, so that they're um, incorporating the, the pit crews uh, is a really cool thing. So I like that part of it. But the rest of it, I don't know. I think they can simplify it a little bit. And quite frankly, I think have every bit as exciting of a race um, as they would have had otherwise with a little less confusion. Yeah. Ryan, what do you think? Well, I'm in agreement with both you on most of your points. I agree. It's just way overcomplicated. Like, I know they'd like to have a little bit of technical difficulty in there to, you know, challenge the driver's skill, but melting their brains even before they start the race by overcomplicating the structure seems a touch much to me. Another thing that I agree with is giving the righteous nod to the pit crews for being fast. It's good to see them getting the love that they deserve. Like ask any driver. It's like, Hey, where would you be without a quality pit crew? And their answer would probably be scrap heap. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. Oh, you're good, sir. You're good. I mean, it's just, I, I, I was baffled. And even Dale Jr. on, on, on his podcast, the Dale Jr. download, he was, you know, I listened to that this week and he's like, you know, he's like, you don't need this. And, and it's confusing. I mean, the inversions, you, you're doing, you know, oh, you're the lowest position and we're going to random draw this and that. Well, if you're going to just, if you're just going to, you know, if you're going to do that, you know, if you're going to make it that complicated, then just random draw each segment. You know, you let them stop, let the, you know, bump the laps a little bit, you know, forget these 15 lap shootouts, go, you know, bump it up, you know, maybe a 20, let the crews work on the car, do a draw, you know, for, you know, who starts wearing the next segment, but you don't need six segments. It's, I mean, I don't know. You could go about this a, a much better way. And I, I don't know. Let, let's start kicking around ideas here. You know, you know, we, we all are in agreement that we're, we're baffled by this. Gentlemen, what would you change and what would you do? Before we talk that, I just have one question to post it to both of you because search as I might, I couldn't find, I don't know if it was said, was there a reason given why it was so overly complicated this time? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on the limb here and say it's um, Eddie Gat, it's um, it, it, it's Texas, it's Eddie Gossage, it's Bruin Smith. They like to do things much different in Texas. You know, in Texas, the saying is, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. And that's my thought is that they're just trying to do something completely off the books. Off the walls, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, I think that it's, it's you know, that... Um, Eddie Gossage um, and Texas Motor Speedway trying to do something different, um, you know, which 
credit to them uh, because, you know, we need some different thinking in the sport right now. But I think this is the wrong direction that they're taking it, especially mm -hmm. in terms of how they're preparing the cars to be raced. Instead of going low horsepower, you know, lower horsepower, I think they should go the other way. I think they should make this a um, an engine performance race, kind of take off the uh, uh, you know the the tapered spacer, uh, you know, all the restrictions on engine horsepower, and maybe even loosen the rules on on the engines entirely, and say you know if you want to run something uh, you know with uh, maybe some some camp, you know, with a camshaft or, um, you know, a, a, a cylinder combination or even a, a cubic inch size that may not, you know, be necessarily be within the rule book. Remember, if they're allowing uh, backup cars to be brought out in the middle of the race, like they did in 2001, then the rule book, you know, really isn't that sacrosanct in this race. So let's go the other way entirely, and let's let's try something different. I I, I totally agree. Um, I th I think what they need to do, what they should have did, you know, we we know they just released the next gen car. I think the most thing I, I think the thing they should have did was they should have said, okay, all these drivers in the All Star race. Forget the open. Forget the open. You 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 select, you know, maybe you do like a van vote or something to round out the rest of the field. But you put you say, you know what? We've just revealed the next gen car. Here's the first time we're gonna see them race. We're gonna do it in the all-star race, and we're gonna show you what these cars can do. I mean, if NASCAR's talking the talk then you know what put it you know put it to the test and, and walk the walk and back up what you just displayed Absolutely. And, and, and give a sneak peek and I, I actually think I'm sorry but the cup this just cup only needs to change you got a lot. You promote the heck out of the Xfinity series. You promote the heck out of the truck series. You know what? Why don't you go and bring in more drivers? Bring in more. Bring in some for you know. Invite you know. Invite the cup. You know the truck champion and the cup champion uh, and the Xfinity champion or the final four from each series the previous year into it I think they need to do that too because some of those guys are trying to get their shot into cop good way to prove it that is the truth sir yep the big thing I would want to change up about this personally would be the format like six rounds first off way too many and most of them being short races 15 10 lap races too short. See, I think that should be compressed three rounds. How I'd set it up, round one, 20 laps. Then, random draw for round two, 
30 laps. Then random draw again for the last 50 laps to total the 100 laps. And then let them run for 50 laps. Give them a good, well, maybe not a long run, but a more solid run for 50 laps. Give some people some opportunity to pass, get some strategic racing in. And your point, Dave, getting some presence from the other two sections, Xfinity and Truck Series, that would be a welcome addition. And as you said, if they want to get their shot in the cup, it would be a great spotlight for them. How I would do that is you get the top five from each division in this for that year. It's like, okay, you guys are top performers. You're coming on down to the all-star race. And we're going to see what you're made of under the big spotlights. I think that would make it not only much more competitive, but I think it would definitely be a nice, you know, pat on the back for people who are dedicated fans of each one of those. Showing like, hey, we give a damn about your drivers too. I I like that, and I'm going to take it one step further and um, kind of, you know, who want, you know, in, in Ryan, he, you know, you and I've watched. Um, you know, when we were in high school and that, and, you know, in our earlier years, we watched a lot of WWE wrestling. And you remember they used to have the, the bail between raw and SmackDown and who had, you know, who would have bragging rights. You know what? I think, I think they should do this take. So you technically have got um, all these divisions under NASCAR. You've got the Wheel and Modified Tour. You've got the ARCA series. So here's here's what I what I propose um, is you take the top um, four, or you take the actually you take the top five, top five from Cup, top the year before top four or top five from Xfinity, top five from trucks, top five from ARCA, and the top five from the NASCAR Wheeling Modified Tour. You put them in, kind of take IROC, put them in equally matched cars, and you essentially put them out to race once, you know, against each other, in segmented races, maybe four 25-lap segment events. Um, and what you do is you give them points where they finish in each race, and you give each group a point. And depending on how that does, you get Someone who can have, you know, a division who's going to have bragging rights to the next all-star race and someone from maybe a not cup series win it. You know, just a thought. Now that's a race I would pay good money to watch. Yeah. I like that idea. I like that concept. Uh, my only question would be, you know, who would, uh, uh, who would build the race cars, and, you know, kind of who would oversee that? Would it be like a consortium of, um, you know, and, and what the manufacturer would be too? Uh, would you have, uh, you know, like a, a Toyota uh, factory effort or Ford or, or Chevy? Um, 
and you know how would all that work? Talk, um, but with that said, I like that idea a lot. Uh, talk to Tony with the SRX series. That is very well. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I I know I know I know I know we, we were kind of getting into something that way, you know. No, but I I mean Tony with I mean that that was more his idea, but. Those yep. cars are the same design setup. I mean, tell Tony, hey, who you know, fight you know, guess a car, guess a car that we can run once a year, and uh, you know that can be equally matched, or you get, or you get, um, you get, um each manufacturer and you tell them this is what the exact specs have to be. You know, this is the design, you know, maybe one year it's Chevy next year. It's Ford year after that it's Toyota. Or if they want to test an OEM test it. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. Uh, The only thing is that I, I think of would be um, if you have, you know, a driver who has, or a team who has a contractual obligation with their specific OEM, and that uh, contract has a stipulation that says you cannot drive uh, any other OEM. Yeah, that that's true. So, but one thing I think that would be very cool, um, in addition to having, you know, because for the longest time. The All-Star Weekend has been, you know, a, a cup series only deal. Maybe we bring in all of the other series. Maybe we bring in the Xfinity series. Maybe we bring in the uh, the trucks. Heck, maybe even you bring in like the, the K&N series or um, if you're going to, um, you know, if we're going to different tracks, then, okay, let's go to maybe like an Iowa um, or um, you know, trying to think of places, uh, maybe a Richmond, yeah. bring in the modifieds, bring in the K&N cards. Let's have a all-star extravaganza across all of the different NASCAR series. I, right. I, I think that, that that's definitely a good idea. I think they should do that. I, I mean, display everything. I mean, yeah. d- display everything. And, um, just, I mean, do it at Marnsville, or Richmond. You could do it at Texas because you could have the trucks run the um, inner, you know, the, the inner circle, the little short track. That is true. You, you could do that. You could have, um, heck, if it stays at SMI, you could, or at one of the SMI facilities, you could get the Legends track cars to come in. That is true. I mean, or another thought is, you know, we see this here on uh, social media here very lately. Maybe we bring back North Wilkesboro. Oh, uh, yeah. Run it all there. Oh, yeah. That would be nice. That that would be really nice. And and I know that that's a big push coming. It's um, it is a very, very big push. And I I. I get the feeling something's going to happen. We're going to hear something within the next year or within this year or 
or next year that something's going to happen with that because it is well, SMI who owns that. Yep. Well, the dam is getting very close to breaking, I think, because yeah. uh, you've heard Marcus Smith talking about, you know, we haven't forgotten about it. Um, you saw Marcus Lamonis reach out to him on Twitter and say, let's have a conversation. Supposedly they did. Um, and then here, uh, you know, just very recently today, I think, um, there was a, uh, a push from the, I think the Wilkes County Chamber of Commerce or somebody, uh, uh, somebody from Wilkes they're, County. They're selling bumper stickers and, and stickers and they're putting it up. There's a grocery store that's, that's pushing bumper stickers out saying, you know, bring back Wilkesboro and, and all this. And one of the things that um, actually what's probably telling you more and more that something's going to happen is I'm on this Save the Speedway page, which is for North Wilkesboro. It, it, it's, a, it's a page on Facebook, um, public group, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you on this. And um, while I look this up, Ryan, um, give us some, some quick thoughts about what, um, what we've talked about. Absolutely. And you, you both are absolutely right. Some of the other NASCAR promotions are woefully underappreciated at all-star time. Like getting some of them in on it, especially if you got it at one of the legendary tracks, not only would that, one, be a huge draw, two, it would make NASCAR ridiculous amounts of money, three, all the rest of the promotions are going to suddenly feel like, hey, we matter again in the eyes of the upper management, and five, and lastly, I think that opens the door for maybe not only some more format changing, but, you know, expanding the weekend, maybe throw a couple of driver tournaments in there, give them, you know, more options for racing structure. I think that would be a welcome change to NASCAR. And I, as a fan, would absolutely love it. So I've got some interesting things. So when Martinsville was happening, they posted something about saying, I want, um, saying that if you are going to drive by the racetrack, please do not trespass. Now that was going on with Martinsville, I believe, or some of the other races. Now their campaign on the Save the Speedway Facebook page has the um, you can even change your profile picture to have this border saying we want you back this is what the signs are going up some of the supermarkets have we want you back they're selling stickers or they're they're giving away stickers um um three days ago about four days ago they posted uh, the North Wilkesboro Speedway throwback logo. They put new signs up around the track saying no trespassing visitors will be prosecuted, but this is big. This just was posted today. Um, guys, really quick on, the, you know, on this one. This is from Marcus Lamonis on Twitter eight hours ago, according to Save the Speedway, saying 
Save the Speedway is at North Wilkesboro Speedway, um, where they're ta- you know tagging themselves in this. But this is Marcus Lemos according to Twitter. I'm willing to invest up to one million into the complex and even have a small camping world store on the property. I'm liking that right now. I just like that on the Facebook page. Gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's what I was actually getting towards, Dave, is that, uh, you know, that's why I say the dam is getting close to breaking. Yeah. There's a lot of inertia happening around this racetrack right now, more so than we've seen in recent years. And something's going to come up that. And circling back around to uh, what we were talking about before, uh, bringing that place to the centerpiece mm-hmm. of the sport vis-a-vis the, uh, the All-Star Weekend mm-hmm. would be as fitting a thing as I can see as I could think of for NASCAR itself. Yeah. Let's have the all-star race at its roots. Yeah. I I, I definitely would love to see that. Um, You know, while we're doing this, you know, you know, we have a social media page, uh, Ryan, somebody get, you know, get that on the Facebook page about, you know, about what we just heard about Martinsville. Um, you know, see if we can find some more or about North Wilkesboro and, um, I'll, I'll put it to our Twitter face, uh, our Twitter page, um, tonight about that. Um, I'll see if I can find Marcus Lamola's quote and retweet that, but man, holy crow. I think I agree. I I think it's going to be very, very interesting about with that, um, Guys, I gotta, I, I gotta say, I mean, a lot of good ideas for this. Uh, it definitely a, a lot of good ideas. Um, kind of some final, um, you know, w- with that, um, we've got some good ideas here. We'll, we'll see how it happens in June. I, I, I know we're gonna revisit it. Um, when we talk about it, you know, next month in June, when we recap the all-star race. So gentlemen, it is, it's been a a very good segment. I know we got to get, I know the car's been tuned up. We got to get back to the track before we do that. um, One, one quick um, thought here. Um, Are are you going to watch the all-star race? with this format yes or no i plan on watching it if for no other reason uh heightened curiosity i'm curious to see even with this overly complicated format how it plays out i gotta know elliot yes for the same reasons that ryan just stated i i agree i'm gonna watch it for the same reasons um and we'll see what happens so with that said, we've got a, our, a word from our sponsor. Ryan's going to tell us about it. And when we come back, we'll have our green segment. This is From Checker to Green.
right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Looking to make your business stand out amongst your competitors? Consider Samurai Graphics. Samurai Graphics has the resources and the knowledge to make your business stand head and shoulders over your competitors. With logo designs, business cards, letterheads, and anything else you need to make yourselves unique, not only amongst your competitors, but to stand out to your potential customers as well. For more information, contact Samurai Graphics at samuraigraphics716 at gmail.com. Samurai Graphics, your business design solution. And now we're back to the From Checkered to Green podcast. Welcome back, race fans. And we are in the green segment, and we've got a race coming up. It is throwback weekend at Darlington. The trucks, the the Xfinity series and the cup series all running. We talked about throwback schemes, a few paint schemes, a few weeks ago, trucks are running now. Um, just a quick note, John Harnim check leading. It is in stage three, um, currently under caution, Austin Hill, Corey Heim, Carson Hovkar and Chandler Smith round out your top five. And, um, Gentlemen, we've got Xfinity tomorrow, and we've got the um, Cup Series this weekend. Um, Elliot, you want you want to tell us a little bit about Darlington and what's going on this weekend? Yes, sir. So this being uh, the uh, the throwback weekend for Darlington, uh, the uh, uh, the all the different paint schemes paying homage to. Past cars, past eras have been uh, coming out fast and furious this past week. Um, the most frequent um, era that is being represented um, is kind of around the turn of the century, the late 90s, early 2000s, maybe even the mid-2000s uh, in a few cases. But um, in terms of the setup of the, the race weekend itself, especially on the cup side, it has kind of a more old-school feel to it. You've got, instead of the high downforce, low horsepower package as they have run here recently, they're uh, switching it up this time and running the high horsepower, low downforce package. So instead of drivers staying in the throttle for a very long time, it's going to be about how well you manage the throttle how well you manage your tires over a long run and limit the drivers um, with a, a hot slick racetrack um, and also wind playing havoc with these cars um, as, as it does high profile as they are so uh, it'll make for an interesting race I think on the cup side uh, somebody like Kevin Harvick I think this, this suits his style really well uh, maybe a Denny Hamlet as well or uh, a Chase Elliott especially given how well he's been doing in Phoenix here lately um, which I think is kind of has that same type of sensibility to it. Um, so I think they'll do really well, uh, maybe even a Kyle Busch. Uh, so it might, might be an opportunity for him to get a get back-to-back wins this year. Um, on the Xfinity side, um, a lot of compelling storylines there uh, coming into this weekend. Um, I think for, for this weekend, it's going to 
um, it's going to force, uh, I think fortune will favor the bull, um, and especially somebody that stays out of trouble. So I think of drivers that have the potential of doing well here. Uh, somebody like an A.J. Allmendinger, uh, who, if he stays out of trouble, I think has the pedigree to do really well here. I think Noah Gregson falls in that same uh, category as well. Um, but at the same time, I think this would be a great week, weekend for somebody like a Hemrick to break through as well. Um, so those are my thoughts. Ryan, what, what about your thoughts for, for this race weekend? I mean, we know Keselowski and Harvick have the front row. Bush Truex are in row two. Byron Chase Elliott, row three. Hamlin and DiBenedetto, row four. Dylan and Tyler Reddick round out the, the top ten for, for starting. Um, Ryan, your thoughts? No, I could swear most of these names we've talked about earlier in the segment, you know, the people who have either won who have been consistently knocking on the door. You know, I think this is giving people like, say, Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott the chance to add their names to the winner's board for this season. I think uh, especially Chase Elliott because this is the kind of track that he thrives on. So those are the drivers that I'd be looking at, the people who, you know, live and die by the bullring. And as Elliot eloquently stated, fortune will most likely favor the bold. And I have to, you know, from a nostalgia standpoint, it's good to see some of these classic throwback colors running around that you haven't seen in a while. You've got to make for a really, really good race. Most certainly indeed. I mean, I love the throwback paint schemes that everyone does and, and contributes to the weekend. It's, it's just a good feeling going back to, you know, what, what made NASCAR and tribute to a bunch of drivers who, who, you know, who, who made the sport. Um, one of the um, things I, I look at and I, I think about um, is, you know, I, I think Harvick, this is a good track. I, you know, I, I'd like to see, you know, he, he could knock on the door and win it, especially where he's starting. And if luck go, you know, if everything fall, you know, if the chips all fall into place, uh, Chase Elliott, you know, definitely, um, you know, what's going to happen between him and Kyle Bush, because we all know what happened last year with him and Kyle Bush and what, um, what resulted from that. Um, Harvick's also has tangles with Kyle Bush. Um, this is a track where Bush tends to, um, you know, you know, he's got to watch what he does because, um, he doesn't, he doesn't race well coming off the turns on, on a high line, um, at this track. And, and he, he's ran into his fair share of people with that. Um, I, I think a guy I could see winning it is Hamlin. He's won it before. He's always done it. Um, this is a, a, a good track for him and for how close he has come this year, I think this would be would be really good for him. Um, I, I think your winner is going to come within the, the top 10. Um, maybe maybe the, the maybe the top 15 maybe, but you know Darlington is is, is the lady in black and um, just like, 
Indy is with IndyCar and the Indy 500, it, it you, I mean, it's anyone's game here at this track. So we, we, we've seen a lot, you know, the unexpected happen with winners here at this track. So, yeah, it, it's definitely going to be a good racing this weekend. I wouldn't be terribly surprised if I'd say within the last 15, 20 laps, if it's close with somebody say like Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, even uh, Kevin Harvick, if he's holding on there, I wouldn't be surprised to see the end of that race turn into a slugfest. Yeah. Because those are the ones who are the hungriest. They're going to want it and they'll do what it takes to get it. Yeah. Most certainly. You're going to see a lot of Darlington stripes too. Truth. Yep. So, with that said, gentlemen, it is Darlington. I know Dover's the week after, um, but it's throwback weekend. And with that said, um, we've got some final thoughts coming up here. Um, with that, um, this week, the next-gen car was released. Uh, Toyota, Ford, and Chevy released their cars I have seen the pictures of it. I like it. Um, I know it, it's getting some good feedback. Um, I, I've heard Dale Jr. likes what they did to it. I like what it looks like. NASCAR released the OEM list, and they said they didn't go with the highest or lowest bidder. It was um, a, a mix. It, it was it was a mix, and they you know they didn't base it on price. So, gentlemen, um, Elliot, let, let's start with you. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I had a chance to look at the uh, some of the images of the cars uh, when uh, NASCAR rolled them out uh, here uh, in recent days, and one thing that struck me was um, how they've taken more care to make the cars look individual, uh, to make a Ford look like a Ford, to make a Toyota look like a Toyota, a Chevy look like a Chevy. Um, I think that's uh, something that the sport hasn't done a very good job of uh, here in recent generations of, uh, of their car. Um, and they've started to work back towards it. And I think this is a really big step in that direction as well. So uh, just from the visual aspect, give it high marks. Most well, certainly. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts? Elliot, I completely agree with you. It's been a good long while since any of the cars in NASCAR really had discernible identities of their own. Like, if you weren't looking at the front of the car, the casual viewer would look at, hey, whose car is that? I don't know. I can't see anything identified. They all kind of look the same. And with noticeable design work going into each of them, it's honestly, they all look fantastic. I'm not going to lie. And the, the clean lines, the improvement in aerodynamic design and each one having very unique features makes them stand out. I look forward to seeing these get on the track, getting some real good performance specs out of them and uh, they hold up. It's going to be a bright future for NASCAR. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, Ryan and Elliot with your points. I, I love that they've gone back to the, you know, what it looks like that. I mean, you see when you look at local tracks, those cars look like what they look, what they were, you know, what the, 
what a car on the road looks like. Um, so I, I definitely like it. I think it, it you know, it, it goes back to that win on Sunday, buy on Monday aspect. It goes back to what the roots were. Um, and it's definitely going to be something to rekindle the fans. I like how the wheels look. Um, kind of gives that, um, you know, uh, Dale Jr. compared it to the IMSA um, sports car series, the way, you know, the IMSA cars look, like the GT cars, they look like the actual street car. So um, I, I definitely think it's a good step, and I'm hoping it's successful in 2022. Agreed. Let's hope for the bright future. So with that said, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure talking with all of you. We appreciate everyone who's, who's been listening to this podcast. We thank all our viewers for listening to it. And we appreciate, um, you know, your, your support of the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. You know, find us on Twitter it's a private group on Facebook. You know, look for it from Checker to Green Podcast. You know, we'll, we'll let you guys, you know, you want to join that group? Hey, join it. Help us contribute to the conversation. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to be starting to roll out social media a little bit more here in the next, you know, few months. And we may have a guest coming on down the road. Gentlemen, your your final closings. Yeah, uh, this is uh, it's been an excellent uh, episode this evening. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, this is Melody Cardiff saying again, and uh, we'll we'll catch you on the next one. This is David Moy. Have a good evening. This is Ryan Colpack. We appreciate everyone who listens. We look forward to having you join the conversation with us on social media. We'll catch you on the next round. This is From Checker to Green. Thanks for listening to the Checker to Green podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group, Checkered to Green Podcast. Tune in next time for more insight into the racing business with the Checkered to Green Podcast. 